What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Hey, gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks Show. Indeed it is, indeed it is. Hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kinston, North Carolina. It's finally Friday. It's football Friday. It's playoff baseball Friday, September the 15th in the year of our Lord 2023. This is episode 930 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey. We'll be joining me at the end of the second hour for the birthday game today, but we've got uh, we've got another great show for you here today. Uh, yeah, my voice is not up to the standards that it should be for uh, two hours of a Brian Hanks show, then two hours of a pregame show, and three hours or whatever of a uh, football game tonight. But it's because uh, I had a it was a, I had a fun night last night until the very end, but we're going to get to that here in a moment. Uh, we, we've got another great show, f- show for you, though. Join me in less than five minutes. He's our usual Wednesday guest, but he's going to be joining me for a few minutes as we try to describe the uh, just absolute ridiculousness that we experienced last night at Historic Granger Stadium uh, as our Downey's Wood Ducks were <laughs> literally, literally robbed of a chance at victory in their playoff game against the hated Carolina Mudcats. And listen, this is not me being a homer. I I know, listen, I, I readily admit I'm as big a homer as it comes to our Lenore County teams, to uh, the Down East Wood Ducks, to Lenore Community College Athletics. It is what it is. Last night had nothing to do with homerism, man. Uh, Michael Martin will be joining me. Uh, like I said, he's our regular Wednesday guest, but he is going to be... Uh, Joining me, uh, and just for a short amount of time, we're, I'm, we've got all our regular guests, but we were messaging this morning. And I was like, you know what? He and I sat in our box last night and we watched the game and w- witnessed the end of a game that was just stupid. I, I don't know any other way. And I, I've got to keep this G because uh, we're FCC regulated, but I mean, I just saw some of the craziest stuff last night that I've ever seen. Uh, four officials, four umpires, four referees, whatever you want to call them, out on the field last night. We usually only have two for Wood Ducks games, and for the way it ended last night, it was just ridiculous. But we'll get into that in a couple minutes with him. He's going to be joining us on our Spence Automotive guest line. In fact, all our guests today will be joining us on our Spence Automotive guest line. Because about 20 minutes or so into this first hour, we're going to be joined on that Spence Automotive guest line by our regular Friday guest and new dad, Paul Whittington. Uh, we're going to talk some NASCAR, some ECU football, and much more with him. So very, very excited about that. And that, like I said, that'll be about 20 minutes or so into this first hour. So Mike Martin and uh, Paul Whittington here in our first hour. Then in our second hour, it is Football Friday and our Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week tonight is South Lenore at Kinston. Uh, we're going to be joined by uh, Kinston head football coach Ryan Diesel Gieselman about five minutes or so into our second hour. And then by South Lenore head football coach Will Harrell at about 20 minutes or so into uh, that second hour. Uh, just as a reminder tonight, the two-hour Rillo Discount Drugs pregame show kicks off at 5 o'clock. Uh, we're, you're going to hear interviews from not just Coach Diesel and uh, Coach Harrell, but you're going to hear from uh, Rendell Parrot Academy head football coach Matt Beeman, from Green Central head football coach uh, Jay Wilson, and from uh, Aiden Grifton head football coach uh, Paul Cornwell. We're going to talk to all of them. You'll have myself, Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith. Uh, all right. Well, you, we'll, we'll talk to Paul a little bit. We are going to call him. He's not going to be able to be on the sideline for us tonight. Uh, but... Uh, Hold on. Uh, da, 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 da. Yes, I am. Uh, I am doing three things at one time here. Uh, but uh, no, we are going to uh, 
bring you the Rillo Discount Drugs pregame show at 5 uh, with all those coaches, with Paul Whittington. Uh, we'll have Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith. We'll have Keith Spence up in the booth with us. Jason Bryant will join us to uh, talk a little bit. Man, evidently, there was a he- I saw it all over social media, too, and uh, Jason was there. Heck of a uh, junior varsity football game last night between uh, Kinston and South Nord down in deep run as uh, Kinston rallied late to win that game. I think the final was 20-16. to 16. And uh, like I said, I've, I've seen a ton of pictures. I think uh, the people who weren't at the Wood Ducks game last night, and there were a lot of people at the Wood Ducks game last night, had a ton of fun, man. Uh, but uh, they must have been at the uh, at the uh, South Lenore, or at South Lenore, uh for the Kenston game. And you know what? I, let, let's just go ahead and get Mike Martin up here on the line with us because we have got to talk about last night's game. Uh, as we do that, though, let me thank Lenore Community College. They are the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show. And for 65 years, LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kenston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kenston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you could change your life today. And again, Richie Honeycutt, we love you. Dr. Rusty Hunt, thank you. And all the folks over at LCC for being the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show. And as promised on our Spence Automotive guest line right now, he's our usual uh, Wednesday guest, but uh, we hung out last night watching the uh, – what was a heck of a game up until the very final play of the game? It's Mike Martin joining me uh, here again, like I said, on the Spence Automotive Guest Line. And I got to tell you, Mike, as you said in your message to me this morning, I still I, I can't get over it. I mean, it was just I, I don't even know, man. I mean, just uh, what an awful ending to the game. We'll give everybody the update on that. But, uh, hey, thank you for joining me here this morning, dude. Always good to talk to you, my man. How are you? Uh, I'm a little pissed off, man. I mean, if you want to know the it, truth. It, I, you know, and I don't. I don't think. Uh, I, I don't think you could have watched that game and and not left with the same feeling. Um, and I told you, you know, I came home and I turned the football game on, and there were a couple of what looked like pass interference plays, and they go to the replay official, and the replay official says, "In super slow mo, yes, you know that's pass interference, but in real time, a bang bang play, you can't make that call." And it struck me because that's precisely what that was. I mean, if 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 the runner and, and it and I think the evidence shows that he clearly didn't leave early. But if anything, it would have been a bang bang play. And you cannot make that call. You cannot. The officials cannot decide the outcome of a sporting event. No, yeah, you're you're spot on. And just to let everybody know. And, and I said this before I brought you up too, Mike. Listen, I know I am a homer. I have that reputation. I, I don't. It doesn't even bother you, bother me. It is what it is. This is not a homer call. This is not a homer reaction to what happened last night, Mike. Just to let everybody know, we had a runner on third base. When I say we, I mean the Downey's Wood Ducks did. It's six to five. There were uh, there was only one out. One out in the game. Uh, sacrifice fly hit to uh, center field. Uh, it's caught. The guy tags up at uh, Patillo. Is that how you say it? I, I, that Yo, you and I discussed last night. I think there's a lot of <laughs> reactions to that young man's name, but, but anyway, you know, he uh, takes off for, he, he, he runs back. He's actually, he's got about a, I don't know, eight to 10 foot lead. He goes back. He tags. He waits for his third base coach to say, go. I've audibly Mike Martin heard the third base coach say, go. He runs across home plate. We're all celebrating because it tied the game up at six, and we're waving our rally tags. We're excited. And then all of a sudden, the uh, uh, the the uh, the hated Carolina Mudcats come running out of their dugout celebrating. We're like, what in the world is going on? And then we had, I mean, there was never really any kind of announcement or anything. And I'm not blaming the Wood Ducks for this or Shane Albee or anybody like that for it. I'm just saying the officials just – they got an earful. They got an earful from the Downey's Wood Ducks management. 
And then uh, they just walk off the field, and that's it. That's the end of the game. We lose. Yes, I'm doing a air quotes here. We lose six to five. The thousand people that were there at the game are all in shock. We're like, "What is going on?" And I don't know, Mike. I've, I have. When have you ever seen a game end like that? Maybe you see an inning end, but when have you seen a game end on a just a a call like that, dude? Never. And and it's um. And I guess, in my opinion, to to set the scene even further, the the Wood Ducks had struggled the entire game. Yes, I mean, yeah, hadn't scored through seven innings, and we're down five to nothing going into the bottom of the eighth, and they rallied to score four runs in the bottom of the eighth, tied in the ninth, and, and honestly almost walk it off in the bottom of the ninth, except for a great diving catch with a right fielder for the uh, hated Mudcats. And, you know, then, you know, the, on the, um, the, the Mudcat score in the top of the 10th and the Wood Ducks, again, score the tying run, in my opinion, on a sacrifice fly. And I'm like you, Brian, that, the pandemonium on the field, everybody is so excited. You know, the crowd's going crazy. And I, I never even saw the appeal. Because you, you my know, first. Now that you mentioned that, I didn't either. No, 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 no. Good, valid point, dude. I didn't either. Obviously, it happened, but I, you know, you and I were high fiving and everybody's celebrating in the stadium. And all of it, like I said, what got me, Mike, was. You know, we're celebrating, waving our towels, all that, and then you look over, you know, my peripheral, I look over throughout my right eye, and I see the Mudcats just storming out of their uh, dugout. And I got to tell you, my first thought was, is there going to be a fight? Is I mean, I'm serious. That was my first thought was, why are they running out of their dugout when they just got uh, uh, scored against? Yeah, I, I, same for me, man. I mean, it, it was the strangest thing, and one of the really great parts of last night, and thank you for allowing me to, to join you to watch that game. Dude, but it was my honor, man. Hall of Fame coach George Whitfield was a, a box or two over from us. And, yeah, I got to sit with him for an inning or two, just like you did. And um, But when the game's over, he and I were walking out together, and, and I stopped and I said, Coach, I got to ask you. I said, uh, have you ever seen anything like that? Now, you, you brought up the point last night, and, and it's incredibly valid, that George Whitfield has forgotten more about baseball than you and I will ever know. And I asked him, I said, Coach, have you ever seen anything like that? He said, never in my life. He said, it wow. wasn't even. I, I, didn't mean to know, talk, I didn't mean to talk over you there, but I just said, wow. I mean, for him to yeah. say that, who's seen, I was about to say thousands. That man is coached and been part of and watched tens of thousands of games in his 86 years on this planet, dude. I mean, as I said, I mean, baseball royalty. And and, and Coach Whitfield, you know, if, if that's what he said about it, then, you know, I, I, I've got to yield to the power and say, hey, look, I mean, that that's um, – yeah, it, it, the the really unfortunate part about it, in my mind, and I think you'd agree, the passion of the, of the of the kids that make up this Wood Ducks team, you know, that rally, and 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 regardless of which side it was, you cannot let an athletic competition end because of a decision by an official, no matter what the sport is that. Officials are there to be in the periphery, in the background, to make things, make sure things go the way they're supposed to, but they cannot decide games. And it, it was unfortunate, and, and I hope that it's a rallying cry for this team and they come out tonight and and, and smoke <laughs> smoke the Mudcats. But, um, you know, it, it, it's a defining moment for a team and how they respond to adversity and and hopefully we'll see those guys come out tonight and play well. So. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And just to reemphasize some of the things that Mike said there, uh, the Wood Ducks were down five to nothing. They only they had only had three hits through the first seven innings. They had, they yep. put up four runs there in the bottom of the eighth, which was just it was awesome. Score a run in the bottom of the ninth to send it to extra innings, and then uh, all that ridiculousness happened in the tenth inning. I do need to say this, uh, and uh, Greg Clemens just uh, texted me. 
or texted me a couple minutes ago and said, uh, you know, Shane Albee, who's up in the press box, they watched the video replay afterwards. It clearly, this is according to this text from Greg Clemens, Shane, I'm just going to read directly from it. Shane texted me after the game and said the video replay in the booth clearly showed the runner tagged up. Then why are you, which I, and I agree with that. I mean, again, that is what I was watching. Let me tell you something, Linda, who doesn't know hardly anything about baseball, and I'm not denigrating, <laughs> and I'm not denigrating her by saying that, but she, right. even yeah. she, what was she looking at? Everybody in the ballpark, dude, was watching. Okay, it was a fly ball out to the outfield. The runner, Patillo, runs back to third, puts his foot on third base, waits for the third base coach to say go, and takes off and runs across easily. I don't even know. I, and I mean this in all sincerity, dude. I don't know what the hell the the umpire was looking at. And it wasn't the home plate umpire. It was the third base umpire. That was his only job. We need to also tell him, too, Mike, there were four umpires out there last night. It wasn't our usual situation where we only have two, and you've got one field umpire that's out there trying to cover, you know, <laughs> hundreds right. of no, feet. Right, full umpire, yeah. Yeah, we in, had a four-umpire crew last night, dude, and yeah. there's no excuse for last night. I I don't even know, man. I mean, and I wish I knew. Maybe we need to get John Clemens on the line or somebody like that. But if there's clear video evidence of this, someone's got to take a bullet for this, dude. I mean, they've got to. And if well, that, I, go ahead. I, I I do hope that if you know if that evidence does exist, that it is submitted to the Carolina League, you know, chief of umpires and. Yeah, there is some sort of um, repercussion for it. Uh, you know, it, I'll, I'll say it again. You know, in, in athletics, officials don't need to have any any play in the outcome of a game, and that game was decided by none of the uh, the eighteen men that were on the field playing the game that that game was decided by an official and that that should never happen in sports well i'm just disgusted by the whole thing i mean i i thought and i and i know you feel the same way mike i mean i woke up this morning or i went to bed last night thinking you know what i'll feel better about this in the morning life will go on dude i'm as irritated and as teed off now as i was when i tried to go to sleep last night dude it just Again, it just that's not for a way for a game to end. And you said it best. I'm just echoing what you said, but you're absolutely right. That is not the way for a game to end. And it's not the way for an inning to end. I mean, it was a blown call. And you know what? I don't know. I'm with you. It's either going to go one of two ways tonight, Mike. And I and I don't think tonight's going to be a close game. I really don't. The first two games have been close. I think whoever wins tonight, it's going to be a blowout. It's going to either be the Mudcats winning because, uh, you know, they're going to ride the momentum from last night. I mean, the fake momentum. Or, it's like you said, the Wood Ducks are going to be just teed off and irritated, and they're going to come back and win uh, the thing tonight. And I don't think it's going to be close either way. Are you going to be out there tonight? Yeah, I'm going to make my best effort. I, All I, have right. fun All right. I know you'll be over uh, yeah. I know you'll be over the football game in Kenton High. So, uh, yeah, go. Yeah. Go do some great work tonight, and, <laughs> and we'll be there pulling on the docks for you, and hopefully well, uh, I need updates from you. Later. I need updates since we don't have a radio. Uh, I need updates from you, and I will be giving you love on the broadcast tonight uh, as you give us – if you can give us inning by inning or whatever, just what uh, what the score is at the end of each inning, or maybe I'll get Shane too if you can't do it or somebody. Yeah, but sure. uh, Yeah, but we've got to get updates. This is what I'm telling people, and I told John Clemens this this morning uh, on uh, a text message. This is my advice, Mike Martin. You tell me what you think, dude. I think everybody should go out and support the Down East Wood Ducks tonight, okay? Go out to the game, but but take your phones, take your earbuds with you, and listen to Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith and Keith Spence and Jason Bryant and I call the game tonight, the South Lenore-Kenston game, but uh, be at the Wood Ducks game cheering on our Woodies. What do you think, man? That's a pretty good idea, right? I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think you could spend a better evening in the greater Kenton <laughs> County area. Well, very good. Well, listen, All right, brother. I appreciate you, my man. Enjoy your Friday. Hey, I appreciate you. Thank you for joining me here, dude. All right, brother. There Bye. you go. That's Mike Martin uh, again. Just, uh, just an awful, awful, awful ending to uh, last night's Down East Wood Ducks game. 
We're going to get uh, Paul Whittington up here on the line with us here in a moment. Uh, let me uh, just tell you, don't forget, Fiesta LCC is coming up tomorrow at uh, Lenore Community College from 10 to 3 p.m. A ton of great things going on. Music, uh, the, the entire time, a children's area, a folkloric Latin dance that's going to take place. Uh, community resources are going to be out there. Food trucks. Again, it's a 10 a.m. start, so I suggest that you get out there early and have a lot of fun, which uh, I'll be out there too. I'm not sure if Linda's going to. I think she is, but she may not be. I don't know the details there, but we'll we'll find out. But you'll get to see my fat butt out there uh, tomorrow morning at Fiesta LCC. Very excited about that. Uh, the Little Mermaid is coming up a week from today, uh, the September 22nd through the 24th, and then September 29th through October 1st, starring our beautiful neighbor, Holly Holder, and one of the uh, just uh, most talented folks in our neck of the woods. She is Ariel and Little Mermaid. That will be taking place, so be sure to get out there and uh, check that out. Again, that is a week from today, Friday through Sunday, September 22nd through 24th, and then two weeks from today also, September 29th through October 1st, and again, starring Holly Holder. Uh, on our uh, Spence Automotive guest line, and I know you're up in Garner. You probably hadn't had a chance to talk, but did you hear? Uh, Paul Whittington is joining us. Paul Whittington on our Spence Automotive guest line. Did you get a chance to hear about last night's Down East Wood Ducks playoff game, dude? I have not. Just a, you, you know what? And this good. I get a good perspective from you, too, here, because you are a, a former baseball umpire and official. And long story short, dude, uh, the Wood Ducks rallied from a 5 nothing deficit Scored four runs in the bottom of the eighth, a run in the bottom of the ninth, sent it to extra innings. Uh, the hated Carolina Mudcats, they score in the top of the 10th to make it 6-5. to five. Then uh, there's one out in the bottom of the 10th. We've got a runner on third base. Uh, our guy, whoever it was at the plate, and I apologize, I don't have his name, but Patillo was at third base. Uh, he, The guy at the plate hits a long sacrifice fly. Uh Patillo is all, and dude, I watched this with my own eyes. He is off third base. He goes back, tags up. I audibly heard the third base coach yell, go. And that's when he took off. Uh, when the ball was caught in the outfield, he goes across home plate, ties it up at six. But all of a sudden, uh, I didn't even see the appeal of the call. All of a sudden, the Carolina Mudcats come storming out of their dugout celebrating. And evidently, uh, they appealed uh the from third base and they call him out they said he left early listen i would bet my life paul whittington i would bet mm -hmm. anything dude that he took off on the go signal from the third base coach who was watching the fly out the sacrifice fly and then of course like i said the fly out was the second out they called him out at third base and then that was the third out the game's over six to five I have never seen a game in like that. We talked to George Whitfield. Now, I've seen innings in like that. I've never seen a game in like that, especially Paul Whittington, a, a, a playoff game in like that. And, dude, just – I'm just at a loss for your thoughts on that. I can't, again, you just now found out about it. I'm telling you about it, but just your thoughts on that. So, I mean, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a judgment call, right? You don't, you don't have the benefit of replay, which is ridiculous that in – Playoff professional baseball, we don't have replay, but we get replay in the uh, Little League World Series. <laughs> make that make sense for me, Brian. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I've certainly been a part of games that end, that have ended funny. Uh, I'll never forget a, a Cal Ripken tournament game that I was doing. Winner goes to the championship, and there's a kid on third. And, you know, you can't, you can't take a lead from – from the base, but you can take like a little hop step off the base after the pitch. And so once the pitch is thrown, the uh, there's two outs. The pitch is thrown and the runner at third comes off the base and he's got one leg in foul territory, one leg, his right leg is in foul territory, his left leg is in fair territory. And there's a line drive hit right down the third base line that hits him in his left leg. We've got interference and the game is over. That's an out. Mm. And like sometimes there's just these these quirky baseball rules or these these weird situations that 
that come up and, and they can certainly end the game. And it's, it's always weird and frustrating when it happens. But, I mean, this is why in professional baseball, we probably just need replay at all levels. As much as I hate replay because I like the fact that there is human error in the game, these, these games mean a lot. Well, dude, and again, it's a best of three series. That was, yeah. I mean, that you know what I'm saying. I mean, that was the end of the playoffs, right? Or the was game end of game two, right there, forcing a game three tonight. And uh, just just as a couple of follow ups to what I told you too. So Shane Albee is in the press box, you know, of course, calling the game. He's public address announcer for the Down East Wood Ducks, and yeah. he watched. They watched the video replay, and he clearly tagged up. I mean, he clearly tagged up and scored the run. On top of that, your mother, your your awesome <laughs> mom, no, dude, who knows nothing about baseball, or not that mm-hmm. much. Well, I can't say she doesn't know anything about it, but I mean, she she's just not, you know, she's not a you know, whatever, a, a, an experienced uh, sports fan or whatever. She even watched it and said, I mean, dude, I'm telling you, all eyes, I mean, think about it. There's a thousand people at the game last night. All eyes were on third base. When, you know, just to make sure, watching the fly ball, it's caught. The guy takes off, and he trots across. It's not even like he had to sprint. I mean, it was that deep of a fly ball. It wasn't a bang-bang play. I mean, he watches. He takes off. He, you know, trots across home plate. It's tied up 6-6. Six to six. We're celebrating. They, I guess they throw the ball over to third base. But your mom even was like, I, she heard the third base coach say, go. Dude, I just, I, as an umpire, as a former umpire yourself, can you even imagine making that call? I mean, even if it was close, which it was not, can you imagine making that call? Um, I mean, yes, I can. Okay. If if I if I legitimately thought that he left early, how many umpires did they have last four. night? Was it two or they three? Had four, four, yeah. So, so that that to me is where it becomes an excusable. A call like that is is excusable in the regular season at this level, at, at the level that the, the Wood Ducks play at because you only have two umpires. And it's, it's tough, right? Because when, when you got a runner at third and there's, there's a ball hit to the outfield, the, the home plate umpire is naturally looking at the ball, but he's technically got the runner and the field umpire behind the pitcher's mound would have the ball. And, but somehow the home plate umpire is supposed to look at the runner and the ball at the same time. Like, that's when it becomes excusable in a sense to make a call like that because you only you don't have the benefit of replay and you only got two guys out there watching the play but when you have four umpires in the playoffs that's that that's not excusable and that's a situation where they probably need to get together to make make sure they get the call right dude i have and again i've said this this is gonna be the third time i've said this now paul and you know this you and i've been friends for a long time and mm-hmm. I, I am the biggest homer. I mean, you know, I'm going to support Lenore County all the time. Whether yeah. I'm serious, whether it's Kenston, North, North, South, North, LCC, the Down East Wood Ducks, whatever. This was, uh, dude, I may, I'm also, as a professional sports writer and a professional sports reporter, which I've been for 30 years, I'm able to separate myself from being a fan and just being, you know, reporting facts, man. Last night was one of those times I wish, and it's been very few, believe it or not, but it's been one of the few mm-hmm. times I wish I was a sports or legit sports reporter again and and writing a game story because I would have destroyed them. I would have gone down to the uh, umpire's locker room and spoke to the umpire or requested to speak to the umpire who made the call. And I'm not saying that to be uh, rude or anything. I'm just saying I would want an yeah. explanation. What did you see? How did you see it? And I don't know, dude. I'm just, I can't believe, I know they appealed it, and I'm telling you, God bless our manager, and I'm, I apologize, I don't have his name right here in front of me, but uh, he lost his stuff last night, man. That's about, the, I I thought he was going to take a swing at the uh, at that third base umpire, and I'm not joking, dude. I mean, he, there's music playing, there's all this, and you could hear everything that he was saying. Mm-hmm. And let's just say he 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 might have said a few choice words there as he was being very demonstrative <laughs> there, uh, Paul Whittington. Yeah, probably a few. I, I tell you, one of the things that I used to love about working for the team is I'd work in the clubhouse, and you know, uh, I would after after the fields cleaned up and all that fun stuff, and we've done some started laundry and stuff. I would run down to the umpires' room. 
and, and get their and get their laundry and bring it back up to the clubhouse and and that typically involved a uh, you know you, you got to wait a few minutes for for them to to get all the laundry together so I would just kind of sit in the room and, and hang out and talk to them for a few minutes and uh, uh, when when games ended on controversial calls I'll tell you straight up and you kind of had to pick and choose who you did it with. Uh, because you develop relationships with the guys, and uh, there were there were some guys that, that I just wouldn't talk to because they were arrogant little jerks, and there were some guys where I, I didn't care. Um, but I would I would go into their into their locker room to pick up their laundry, and if I sat down for a minute, I'd look I'd look them square in the eye and say, Whew, "You you really think you got that call right?" <laughs> or or I would challenge them like, yeah. I mean seriously," um, and I would even. Uh, during the game, after after a heated argument, I would I would take them water between innings, and just walk out there and be like, "Well, you probably deserve to get yelled at." If I'm being honest. <laughs> that was, those were always my favorite response? moments. What was their response typically when when you did that? <laughs> Laughter, um, I guess. Some of them, well, yeah, some of them would laugh. Uh, sometimes they would laugh. Sometimes you got to kind of read the room, and it's just like. Not effing now, Paul. Um, <laughs> and, you know, sometimes sometimes there would there would be guys that go, "You really think I got it wrong?" Um, and they would actually want to be challenged on it. And there were some guys that that knew I filmed a lot of these games, uh, and and they would ask if if I got any of it on tape and if they if I could share it so they could go back and look at it because I mean they're they're trying to get to the majors just like everybody else, uh, and and there's a factor that involved where they where they want to be getting better constantly so i mean yeah so sometimes it was it was very lighthearted. like oh screw off dude uh sometimes it was <laughs> paul not effing now and uh so, sometimes it was like oh you really think i got it wrong i kind of think i did too wow uh, one thing we got to remember is these guys are human but hey you know what i'm not taking up for what happened last night. I mean, you can blow a call in the third and with one out in the third inning. And that is what it is, dude. This was the call that decided last night's game. And again, there, there was, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not going to get over this, Paul. I mean, I'm not even playing. I mean, dude, this is, we had a chance and that would have just tied the game. I'm not saying that was a game winner. That would have tied the game at six. There would have been two outs. Uh, I think that would have pushed the guy first over to second, uh, well, no, he would have probably stayed at first with the, uh, the fly ball who even knows at this point, but it would have just tied the game at six is what I'm saying. I mean, it wasn't the game winner who knows what would have yeah. happened after that, but you took the, you took the ball out of uh, the wood ducks hands and it just, now it leads to a game three tonight and who knows anything can happen with wood ducks be just mentally crushed after last night. Are they going to be just pissed off after last night and they want to you know, prove something, uh, who knows what's going to happen. And the worst part of it is, okay, now let me be selfish for a second here, Paul. I don't even get to go to the doggone game because I'm going to be covered, which I don't mind. I'm excited about South Lenore at Kinston tonight, but I don't even get to watch the game because I'm going to be calling a, a game for, for the radio station tonight. <laughs> ah. Well, that's what, that's what, uh, game day is for on on milb.com you can can follow along i will have it on i will have my uh well not just i'll have my laptop there obviously but uh, i'm gonna have my uh ipad there too following uh the game tonight and uh, mike martin who we had on right before you uh he's gonna be sending me updates heck i'll see if i can get shane albee to send me inning by inning updates too and we'll announce those but this is what i've said once this morning i mean it again paul is that uh here's my suggestion Go to the Wood Ducks game tonight, listeners. Go have fun. Pam Sheffield, go to the game. Have fun tonight, but listen to our football call on uh, betonthebull.com or our, our free Bet on the Bull uh, app. And, uh, you know, that way you're, you're covering all of you're You're listening to the game, uh, listening to the South North Kenston game. You're supporting the Wood Ducks tonight. I, th- I think that's a good advice. What do you think, dude? Well, where, where's the, uh, is the game at Granger Stadium tonight? It's at Granger Stadium, yes, sir. And where's where's uh is, is at Kinston, Kinston High at home high, or they, at Kinston High? Yeah, yeah, so on your on your way to Kinston High, just take a wrong turn, end up at Granger <laughs> Stadium, and and just set up the radio equipment there, and and make 
the Davis Wholesale Tire game of the week, the uh, game three of the playoffs. <laughs> Sorry, Jason, but. <laughs> Dude, that's good. That's really, really good. I like that. I wonder what John Clemens would say if I showed up with all the radio equipment and just said, hey, Sorry, man. And, but you know what? But the South North Kenston game is going to be a good game tonight. We See, need to be there. You, so. you got you got to sneak in and get all the equipment set up before he sees you. <laughs> so, because it's it's like when he comes up and says, "What are you doing?" You just look at him and say, "I'm on the air." I'm sorry, I can't I can't talk right now. I'm on the air. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see if I can make that go over. I like that. Okay, okay. We've (laughs) talked. Goodness gracious, we've had you on for 15 minutes. This is all we've talked about. And I just, it's hard for me to get over. We have not even talked about, okay, yeah, that was important last night. Yeah, the South Lenore at Kenston game. That's pretty important tonight. But there's something that supersedes all of that. Linda Whittington became a grandmother <laughs> last Saturday. How about the? Well, I don't know. I guess I, that's even bearing it further. Paul Whittington became a father last Saturday night to a beautiful, beautiful nine-pound, twenty-inch, just uh, gorgeous son, Levi Michael. Take it away. Give us some play-by-play here, Paul. Ooh, I don't know that we want to do that. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last uh, it was last early Saturday morning, about two in the morning, Sam's water broke and, uh, we, um, we called the doctor and they were like, uh, just rest for a couple hours and then come in around like six or seven. And so we got to the hospital some, sometime between six and seven. And it seemed like it was gonna, it was gonna happen quickly. Uh, she was, well, we won't get into that, but it seemed like it was happening quickly. Uh, and then the people, the listeners, they won't play by play, dude. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know that my wife wants me to divulge all that information, but uh, about 11, 30, 12 o'clock, things just kind of came to a grinding halt. And there wasn't really any change, and um, everybody kind of hung out all day. And then around, I don't know what time it was, um, around like 9.30, uh, everybody was at the hospital just said, we'll go home. And um, it it had to have been about, 1030 um the the doctor came in and uh i mean my mom and and sam's mom had just gotten back to the house uh around the time the doctor came in and basically said all right the baby's ready but you're not um and and we gotta move so this is our plan uh and they wanted to do the the c-section and uh and it was just we we just had to give it the green light, which I don't know that we could have said no, um, yeah. but they had to ask our permission. So I mean, we gave it the green light, and as soon as we and this is what was super impressive, as soon as we said yes, just a team of nurses came in, and each one had a very specific job, and they went to work immediately. Uh, within twenty minutes of saying yes, we were back in the uh, in the operating room. And, uh, and just a few short minutes after that at 1130 on, on Saturday night, Levi entered the world, a very dramatic entrance, entrance into the world. Uh, he, um, he got, he got a mouthful of like secretions. He didn't swallow them, but they did block the airway. So it took him about 90 seconds to take his first breath. Uh, so my, my son, of course, certainly has a flair for the dramatic. (laughs) Dude, and he is beautiful. I've had the opportunity to to visit with him a couple of times. Your mama, uh, uh, Grandma Linda, is uh, just over the moon. I mean, she has just, she is she is in love with another man. I have no problem with it whatsoever. <laughs> it's awesome, and uh, I, I know you you two are just uh, are just giddy, aren't you? We are. We are. We're ready to get him home. He's in the NICU right now. He's he's doing really good. Uh, let's, let's get that out of the way. Like he's, he's doing really, really well. Uh, even though the, the plan was to always induce around week 37, which we, I mean, we made it about, we were 30 minutes away from being at week 37 on the nose. Um, he's still considered premature and, and the part of the reason that he didn't take his first breath for about 90 seconds. It's just those, those lungs are a little immature and so they needed some time to develop. So he's been in the, uh, in the NICU since last, since he was born, um, on a, on a bubble CPAP, just getting a little respiratory therapy, letting those lungs develop. And, and he's made some incredible improvements. Uh, and, 
And the plan today is to take him off the CPAP machine, see how he does. And if he does well, uh, then they'll just make sure that he knows how to eat and then they'll send him on home. So there is a time coming soon, Brian, where I show up at the hospital and they hand us a child and they say, it's your problem now. And that's when I look at them and say, hold on, I left the car seat at home. I'll be back in a week tops and, and I'll pick him up. <laughs> I know you guys are so excited to get him home. I can't even, I can't even imagine. And I know, you're, you again, uh, Grandma Linda is looking forward to holding him and changing him and all that. And, yeah, you got the, that experience, didn't you? I, well, I haven't held him yet. I did get to change him yesterday, yeah, yeah. which I, I thought was a little unfair because I don't even know what day of the week it is. It's Friday. So on Wednesday, Sam changed, uh, changed the diaper on Levi for the first time. She's wow. changed diapers before, but not on Levi. And she just had – I mean, hers was just a little wet. Um, and then we were sitting there yesterday and I, and I saw Levi make a face and start to squirm. And I was like, oh, that diaper ain't going to be pretty. I hate it for whoever's got to change it. And then the nurse walked up and says, does somebody want to change a diaper? And Sam was like, oh yeah, it's Paul's turn. And I just, I just knew, I just knew. And I asked the nurse, I said, she, she was like, do you, do you want to do it? And I was like, well, can you open it up first and let me just take a peek and then I'll let you know. <laughs> um, but, but no, I, I had to change the diaper. I got the first poopy one from, from Levi. So, well, that's awesome. Well, listen, uh, again, like I said to me, yeah, we're going to talk some NASCAR. We're going to talk some ECU football here over the last 20 minutes of your visit, but yeah, we've, we've already talked down East Wood Ducks. There's nothing more important than what happened last Saturday though. And, uh, I know, I know you agree with that and, uh, you will not be on the sideline tonight, correct? Of our, uh, uh, real, or our, uh, Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week, South and Oregon, Kinston, correct? No, no sideline work tonight. Uh, we'll, we'll wait until uh, we get this child back home and settled before <laughs> before we're back on the sidelines. So hopefully that's very soon. Maybe it's next Friday. Uh, worst case, it's the Friday after. There you go. I love it. Okay, let's uh, – oh, where do we start here, man? Uh, I, I kind of want to start with ECU, man, and we won't give a whole lot of time to it, but I just wanted your thoughts on – I mean, uh, a Pirates program that is looking down the barrel of uh, an 0-3 start. I mean, they are the spread started at 8. And let me look at this real quick. Uh, I know yesterday I was talking to our boy Panicelli. Right yep, yep, that's what I was going to yeah. say, uh, talking to Panicelli yesterday. He shocked me. Like I said, it opened at 8. It had gotten down to uh, 9.5, and, and I'm calling it up here right now. I will be able to give you a completely live update of it as I am – uh, Scott, Scott Van Pelt uh, picked picked the Pirates last night. He's I, I love him. He's 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 real. He's always really high on ECU. Well, and, dude, uh, how about this? The line has moved back to eight. How about that, <laughs> dude? It, it was it's because it's because he picked the Pirates on Sports Center last night. The so Vegas made the uh, made the SVP wow. adjustment. Wow, dude! So there you go. It opened at eight. It moved up to nine and a half as of about, uh, what, 10, 30, 11 o'clock yesterday morning. It is now back at eight. So, I mean, I, I don't remember the last time I've seen a line move that much in a in a week period. But, yeah, I guess it is an SVP uh, effect on it there. Your thoughts. Uh, I, I said, let me tell you what I said first, and I would love to get your reaction. <coughs> Tons of people freaking out in our neck of the woods. I know you've had your mind you know, occupied with your new baby boy. But I can tell you here, ECU fans are kind of, I wouldn't say losing their mind, but there's a lot of stress, man. Again, very good chance that uh, ECU is going to be 0-3 following Saturday's game. And, I mean, there are all kinds of talk going around. This is what I've said, and I've said it a couple of times here on the show, Paul, mm -hmm. is that <coughs> I really see a road, even if they lose. And, yes, I am picking uh, ECU to lose that game on Saturday. I still see them going seven and five. I think they're playing three of their hardest four games of the season here in the first three weeks of the season. Obviously, Michigan. Last week against Marshall, yeah. uh, which uh, Jason Bryant said, and I agree with him, that, that this team is, uh, that Marshall is probably a borderline top 25 team. And then Appalachian and Boone, that's as tough as anywhere you can play in the nation, I think, for a lot of teams, unless you're Alabama or Georgia. But uh, I think they're playing through their toughest games. I see a road steal to 7-5. and five. I think they're going to probably lose to SMU on that Thursday night national game. But I think they have the possibility to win, what, seven of their last eight games after that too. My point being, 
I think people are freaking out a little too early. Yeah, 0-3, you'd never want your team to be 0-3, but the world has not ended. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's, I don't go into this weekend thinking it's a must-win situation for the Pirates. I, I think we need to see market improvement uh, from week over week, right? Uh, ECU certainly had a chance to, to upset Marshall and and in week two, one and one. Uh, it unfortunately, it didn't go that way just because of a, a myriad of factors to include bad play calling in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's unfortunate, but it is what it is. You, you can't, you can't get it back. You can't get a do over. And, and so now you're 0 and 2. And to your point, you're, you're looking at 0 and 3, but, but this is a, this is a tough stretch on the schedule. This is not an easy way to, to start the, excuse me, to start the campaign for, for East Carolina. App State's a very good football team. They're well coached. They can, they can hang with just about anybody, uh, in, in the country. So, uh, it, it's going to be a tough game, but but hopefully the Pirates can can go in there and pull off an upset and leave those Mountaineers wondering what happened. And, and I agree with that. Oh, don't think I don't think they can win. I think ECU can win. Oh, yeah. I will say yeah. I will say this: they've got to get something figured out with the offense, man. And again, I'll give you Michigan. You're playing in the big house. That is what it is. But you've scored one touchdown in eight quarters. Okay, one. You've got to mm-hmm. figure out a way to get that ball across the into the end zone. You've got to, and and it's going to be mm-hmm. tough up at uh, App. But I mean, I, Carolina showed last week you can score against Appalachian State. Gardner Webb yeah. showed two weeks ago you can score against Appalachian State, and something's got to happen with that offense. I mean, it absolutely. I mean, even if you lose the game, Paul, I think I want you've got to say I, you've got to see three touchdowns this weekend from. Uh, from ECU Garcia, I think it's going to be a big week for him if he's going to hold on to the uh, the starting quarterback job and being the quarterback. He's got to show something because, by God, he's not shown it in the first two weeks, dude. Well, you know, I I think there's a degree of this to where you you have to manage manage the game a little bit like you manage uh, a baseball game. And and so go with me here for a second. Yeah, I think Mason Garcia is going to be the starter on Saturday. Uh, I, I think we could certainly justify giving the other guy uh, a chance at this point, but uh, you you have you have a bullpen when it comes to the quarterback position. You've, you've got two quarterbacks, and, and yeah, you can certainly say if you if you have two quarterbacks, that means you have none, right? Um, but you, I, I think on on Saturday against Marshall, they, they just left Mason in too long. Um, he just he wasn't productive, and and I think they went to the backup way too late in the game, uh, and and that's apparently just going to be ECU football right now, and we just have to get used to it. But uh, I, I don't think you can afford to leave an unproductive quarterback in for too long on Saturday. I, I think that's a that's a weakness that App State will have zero problem exploiting. So I, I, when I say you got to manage it like a baseball game, like you can't leave your starter in too long, right? You can't let the game get out of hand before you pull your starting pitcher. Uh, and, and I think you, you have to approach Saturday a little bit the same. You just can't leave. If Mason's not going to, to be productive, uh, if, he, if, he can't, if he can't make plays, then, then you got to get him out of there and you got to go to the backup. Well, there you go. Official prediction? <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the Pirates. I'm gonna take the Pirates. I think they get it done. It's not to gonna win, be by much. Not just to cover, but to, to win. win. Yeah. Oh wow. To win. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with ECU. Okay. Well, Scott, Scott's got them all coached up over there. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. Okay. Let's get to. Hey, we we've gone for what? Uh, 28 minutes here, and we haven't even got to your area of expertise. Well, I guess you being a father now is an area of expertise, so that, that's good. <coughs> but uh, last week, uh, we're uh, coming to the final race of the round of 16 here in uh, the NASCAR uh, chase for the championship. Uh, Tyler Reddick wins last week. Uh, he joins, uh, oh, my gosh, uh, who won the first Kyle race? Larson. Thank you, thank Kyle you, Larson. Kyle Larson, yep. as guaranteed into the uh, round of uh, twelve. Uh, real quick, uh, just your thoughts on the the Kansas race last week uh, with Tyler Reddick winning that? Yeah, you know, I, I thought it was a great race, uh, it, uh, an interesting race. Uh, Denny Hamlin, I thought, had one of the better cars, and, and you know, he 
unfortunate caution periods that that ended ended that race for him uh and you know Tyler Reddick was was the product of of a late race caution and the right strategy uh I I thought he had a second or third place race car uh but they but they fired off very fast on that final restart for the green white checkered flag and were able to to use the four tires that they took to their advantage and and pull away uh but but ultimately I thought it was a great race I think the biggest takeaway was that that Tyler Reddick went to victory lane I think the biggest takeaway was you know, our regular season champion who is now below the cut line. Remember, uh, Martin Truex Jr. won the regular season championship, got those 15 bonus points, which is as good as, uh, I think it's three or four wins. And, and that advantage has been completely erased because of a very bad opening race in the playoffs at Darlington. And then he actually only completed four laps uh, on Sunday at Kansas. So he is actually below the cut line right now. And, and so we, we have a chance to eliminate our regular season champion in the first round, which is kind of unbelievable because, you know, we said it on the show a couple of weeks ago, that winning that regular season championship is almost like a first round buy. Uh, but that might not happen for Martin Truex Jr. I, I don't think he's in a must-win situation, but uh, he certainly needs to run all the laps and, and get a good finish on sun, on Saturday at Bristol. Has that ever happened before, which is a very good point, and thank you for pointing that out. Has the regular season champion ever been eliminated after just the first round, uh, the, the round of 16? Not not to my immediate recollection. Uh, a regular season champion has never gone on to win the championship. Yeah. Uh, we, we know that. I, I, I don't believe we've seen a regular season champion eliminated in the first round. Uh, there's there's nobody that's that's sticking out in my mind as being as being that guy, but uh, we certainly have a chance to do it on Saturday at Bristol. Well, let me ask you this, uh, and we're going to talk about Bristol, which, by the way, my favorite track. We've talked about that several times here. I've had the opportunity to cover it. Uh, I don't even know six or seven times in my life uh, as a reporter. I've never been as a fan. I want to go to Bristol as a fan one yeah. one race to it. I really do, man. And obviously, it's not going to happen this year. But I think, and I loved going to North Wilkesboro last uh, as we did this season, dude. I wouldn't be opposed to going to uh, to Bristol for a race. I don't want to go to the. Is it going to be dirt next year? Do you know? Have they announced that yet? They, they haven't said. We we anticipate getting the schedule. I mean, really, almost any day now. Uh, I, I would think over the next two weeks. We have a schedule. Uh, you know, last year when they did when they did the the dirt race the first year, it was like at the end of stage two where they said, "Hey, come back and buy your tickets on Monday for dirt next year." Uh, they didn't do that this year. They they haven't actually committed to dirt next year, which leads me to believe that there's not going to be a dirt race next year. It also leads me to believe that one of the Bristol races could actually come off, and we only go there for the night race in the playoffs. Dude, um, that would be. I'm interrupting you because that, that would be tragic. Be, it, would it would be, be tragic. Is tragic. a good. In fact, that was the word I was going to use. Just Bristol to me is NASCAR. I mean Daytona. I mean if you yeah. talk about the races in a NASCAR circuit, okay, uh, Daytona. Obviously, you've got to give it to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Talladega. I would even say Talladega is the consummate NASCAR race, dude. Bristol has to be there, dude. Bristol's one of the Mount Rushmore of races, isn't it? Well, it, it is, and and I think yes, it's one of the Mount Rush. It's it's one of the crown jewels. There, there you go. That's uh, even in, better. In That's even better. But it's the night race that's the crown jewel. It's not the day Sunday race. Um, I mean, yeah, we love going to Bristol. I think there's a couple of things here that that you have to look at. A, this isn't the old Bristol. Uh, you know, they put that sticky stuff on it. I won't say it ruined the racetrack, but it's made turning laps around there different. Um, the cars haven't been able to stick on the bottom. I watched the truck race last night, and they were they were hooked up on the bottom of the racetrack. So we'll see what we get on Saturday with with the Cup cars. Maybe maybe they're able to run the bottom of the racetrack, and they don't have to to run the higher grooves. We'll we'll wait and see. Um, but there's also this factor you touched on it a moment ago. There's there's no racetrack like Bristol. Take that a step further. There's no racetrack like a sold out Bristol. Yeah. Yeah. When when you have those stands at Bristol Motor Speedway absolutely just jam-packed full of people, it's one of the most exciting venues in sports, period. Uh, that, that place becomes this just electric environment. 
uh, and then you add 38 racing engines to the mix, and it's just incredible. It's there's, there's no better place than a sold out Bristol, but we just haven't done that over the past several years. Uh, you know, you go back to before they did the dirt race, uh, the the last spring race on on actual Bristol, they actually like closed off the turns. They only sold tickets for the straightaways. God, that's um, insane. It is. It is. And, and I mean, we'll see. We'll, we'll see a good amount of people there on Saturday. Uh, you have to do remember, you think it'll be sold out? Probably not. Um, I mean, you got you also got to got to take into account where Crystal is, right? It's yeah, it's kind yeah. of in the middle of nowhere. Um, no, it ain't kind maybe. of in the middle of nowhere, Paul. It is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, and it and it's 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 not easy to get to. Uh, maybe maybe after ECU wraps up on Saturday, they can run over Bristol and help build the stands uh, with with the football teams. But um, it's not far. The actually one of the two times I've been to Bristol, we stayed in Boone. Uh, and and commuted back and forth from the racetrack, and it's not a it's not a long drive by any stretch. But uh, I, I don't think it'll be sold out. I think there'll be a good crowd, uh, but but I don't think it'll be sold out. That so I, I say all that to arrive back here when when you when you have a race where you're only selling the straightaways, and I mean that's fifty percent at best that for the seats that you're selling. That's not a rest for long-term success, especially when you have international markets that are begging for for a NASCAR race. When you have tracks coming back like North Wilkesboro, and and you're you're trying out these, these street courses and stuff. When the more the more stuff like this that you add, and we expect that um, North Wilkesboro will be back on the schedule this year as a points race. When you start adding things like that to the mix, somebody's got to give. Yeah. So I would I would actually not mind at all seeing the All Star race shift to Bristol. You know, we did that back in 2020, and then the North Wilkesboro race going back to Bristol Spring Date. That's a that's a recipe I wouldn't I wouldn't hate at all. I, I've got to say we're there, right? <laughs> and I'm talking about if North Wilkesboro becomes yeah. a points race. Uh, no, I'm talking you and I as fans. Oh, yeah, we yeah. will be in attendance for that race, won't we? We certainly will. We certainly I will. It. I love it. Okay. Uh, real quick, and we've only got just a few minutes left before we hit the top of the hour here, but I've got to ask you, it, this is about the points race itself. I want to ask you, the, the bottom four, and I'm looking at it here, Truex, seven points out, Bubba, 19 out, Stenhouse Jr., 22 out, and then Michael McDowell, 40 points out. They're below the bubble. Of those four, who is the driver most likely to you to uh, make it to either win the race on uh, Saturday night, or the points are way into the round of twelve. Martin Truex Jr. Okay, uh, he he's the most likely, and I'm not saying that because he's only seven points below the cut line. Although that does factor into it, right? You have a lot of guys uh, like, you know, who knows what Kevin Harvick's going to do if Kevin Harvick doesn't have a great race. All of a sudden, that swings, right? Um, but but I think Martin Truex Jr. is the most likely, and I say that because he's run well at this racetrack. Uh, I think he's got at least two wins at this racetrack, if I, if I recall correctly. But uh, Martin Truex Jr. runs well here. Gibbs cars run well here. So uh, I think he is the most likely, and I and I would say the most vulnerable. Uh, if I, let, let, the, let, me, let me set it up of those. And I'm going to say the bottom five, not just the bottom four, but the bottom five, these are all 18 points or above the line. Ross Chastain in eighth, Chris Buescher in ninth, uh, Christopher Bell in tenth, America's driver Joey Logano in 11th and Kevin Harvick in 12th. Of those five, who is the most likely to, like you said, most vulnerable to fall below the bubble? I think it's got to be Chris Busher. You know, we, we've wow. talked so much about about the uh, the runs that he's had over the last several weeks, but you know, this isn't a track that I would put as as one of his top racetracks. Um, I, I I just wouldn't. And and if he has a it's it's a little bit of a wild card anytime you come to Bristol because you just don't know what's going to happen. Sometimes there's a lot of beating and banging. Sometimes there's just really long green flag runs. And if it, if we get stuck in a really long green flag run, and you just excuse me, and you just can't advance your position, then it it, it all comes down to to track position at the end of it. Uh, and this is also a track that Kevin Harvick runs well at. Yeah. Christopher Bell runs well at this racetrack. Joey Logano runs well at this racetrack. So there's a lot of drivers 
in that bottom five that run really well at Bristol, you take one of those that just has a bad race, all of a sudden they're on the outside looking in. I think Ross Chastain is is in a comfortable position to where he just needs uh, a decent finish, run all the laps, and, and he's good. But, but I would put Christopher Bell as the most vulnerable wow. out of that bottom five. Well, there you go. Uh, Kyle I Larson. said Christopher Bell just then. I meant Chris Buescher. Yeah, yeah, Chris Buescher. I'm sorry. I know who you meant. Uh, of course, Kyle Larson, Tyler Reddick already locked into uh, the, the round of 12. So let's get it. Uh, your prediction then. Uh, who wins uh, Who wins tomorrow night? And I love Saturday night racing, man. Love Saturday night racing, especially at uh, at Bristol. Paul Whittington, who you got? Yeah, Saturday night at Bristol. Under the lights is my favorite race of the year hands down amen uh i like i like chase elliott this weekend uh <laughs> to, to get a win at bristol and i'm not saying that for for a homer pick by by any stretch but you look at the runs that they've had over the last couple of weeks uh you know certainly had a had a top five race car last week uh just in, ended up with a sixth place finish after that late, late race restart led some laps at kansas uh had, had a pretty good run going at darlington They've been getting better and better. Momentum seems to be on their side. So uh, I, I think he goes to Bristol, a track that he's run well out of the past, actually has won the only all-star race at the Bristol Motor Speedway. I think Chase Elliott will get it done on, on Saturday. Well, there you go. Well, listen, uh, Paul Whittington, new daddy, Paul Whittington. Congratulations for that, dude. It just it was awesome spending last weekend up there with y'all and hanging out with your pops. Uh, it, I, I got to tell you, man, I he's a good dude, man. He is. He is what he wants. <laughs> he is what he wants to be. I love it. I love it. Uh, we will be talking to you we, uh, during the Rillo Discount Drugs pregame show, too. We'll talk about that when we get off the air. But uh, uh, we've got to let our, our audience that listens to that know how you're doing, too. And you'll even be able to give her a, give us a fresher uh, update, too, uh, when we talk to you in the in the 5 to 7 o'clock hour tonight, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll have seen uh, we'll have seen Levi actually getting ready to head up there now. going to take Sam to get a little blood work done and then we're going to go check in on the baby boy. And, uh, so, so yeah, we'll, we'll have quite the update for you when we, when we talk to you later this evening. I love it, dude. Listen, Paul Whittington, thank you so much. We'll talk to you tonight during the Reload discount drugs pregame show. Sounds good. Have a good one. There you go. That's P dub P dub. I guess he is P dub, but Paul Whittington, uh, thank you to Paul. Thank you to Michael Martin for joining us here in the first hour. Coming up here in our second hour, we're going to have Ryan Diesel Gieselman from Kinston High School. We're going to have uh, Will Harrell from South Norland, the Brian Hanks Show.